Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, hosted by Amber Strange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health, and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown, because this week's episode starts in Three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show. It's Amber and Jenna here. And today we are particularly grateful for you and for this podcast because today is number... Come on, Jenna. You know I'm going to ask for a drum roll. Do it. Best you can. (laughs) You're so cute. Never gets old. Number 100. 100 episodes. Can you believe Woo! that? I wow. cannot believe that. I mean, wow. I kind of can believe that. Sound but... effects materialized out of thin air. <laughs> so we, special. Yeah, we have arrived at number 100. And for me, this indicates a really pivotal point in our journey with the mother-loving future as we have put blood, sweat, tears, a whole lot of editing and figuring out software and jumping through hoops to make it to 100. And it's, um, it's been a journey and we could not have done it without you. Everyone out there who is listening to this, just from the bottom of my heart, I really want to say I have so much gratitude for the community that has jumped on board with these conversations. And it's because of you, we're at number 100. So hopefully the mission will just keep growing and you'll come all the way through to number infinity with us and beyond. <laughs> Love that. Love that. So today's episode is Rise of the Divine Feminine with Laura Eisenhower. And we decided to choose this topic for our number 100 because it really symbolizes, in a nutshell, what we're up to here at The Mother Loving Future. We are pushing for the new wave of a new paradigm of living life in the heart, of fully embracing our feminine power as the masculine embraces their true masculine power. And with that divine union, with that combination, that is the way towards new systems, better systems for the earth, for humanity, for our children. So this is a pretty, pretty powerful topic and powerful guest and incredible episode today. Jenna took this episode solo with Laura and no doubt it's going to blow your mind. So sit back and enjoy guys. Let us know what you think. And once again, we love you and we are so happy to have you on this crazy, amazing whirlwind adventure with us. So without further ado, Jenna. Cheers to 100. (laughs) Cheers to 100, baby. (laughs) You got, you got anything to say before I wrap up and hand Um, it over to the app? Just, just no, I'm just so happy we made it here and, um, just excited for this episode. And Jenna, I just got to take this moment to acknowledge you for being my partner in crime. I could not have dreamed up a more perfect yin to my yang. And honestly, it's been it's been such a beautiful, crazy experiment to head into 
these uncharted territories with you and you really are, I I wouldn't be here without you. We wouldn't be here without you. So really want to acknowledge you for all your hard work and effort and energy and love and breakthroughs that you have created to get here with me. So thank you. Thank you. And I reflect that exact thing back to you, you know, in the negative form, since we are the yin and the yang of each other. But yes, I, I mean, not the negative form, the positive form. I just mean like the yin to the yang form. Um, I got yes. you, girl. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I completely agree. And I'm grateful for your acknowledgement. And I acknowledge you because we would not be here without you. Wow. I love you. Let's continue on. Um, All right. Without further ado, let's do it. Handing it over to this episode. You're going to take it from here, Jenna. Yes, I I hope everyone enjoys. Bye for now. Bye. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everybody. We have a really great episode for you today that we have been waiting to record since literally the conception of this podcast. We have been plotting and planning to have this episode. And it's just one thing after another never quite worked out, but we're doing it today. And um, we are fighting any forces that are trying to take us down to make this episode happen. So I am here with a very special friend of mine from many, many lifetimes. Her name was Laura Eisenhower. Um, Today we're talking about the return of the divine feminine, and um, I wouldn't rather have this conversation with anybody else. So I'm so happy to have you here, Laura. So good to be here. Thank you, Jenna. Thank you. So just for our listeners, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Laura. So Laura is a global alchemist, a cosmic mythologist, an intuitive astrologist. She is also a whistleblower and intentionally an internationally acclaimed speaker who has presented her work worldwide. Laura is the great-granddaughter of President Dwight David Eisenhower, and she reveals exopolitical information about his administration that has been largely held in secrecy. She is considered by many to be one of the North America's leading researchers on health, exopolitics, alchemy, metaphysics, and galactic history. And Laura works with us to free us from the 3D holographic time loop, which we all want to be freed from, let's be honest, and false archontic systems and military industrial complex and exposes hidden agendas so we can take our power back. Laura, thank you for all the work that you do for this planet because it's extensive. Your heart is extensive. I know your heart just expands to be the size of the entire planet and so grateful to have you. Thank you. It's really wonderful to be here with you. Yeah, I'm so sorry about my cough. I'm like... Just, I'm so sorry about that, but we're going to make it through. So today we're talking about a very important topic, the return of the divine feminine. So I'm going to hit you guys with a little definition that I wrote, like I always do, um, for this topic, and then we're going to get into it with Laura. Um, so my definition is the presence of the divine female in our collective consciousness has been kept hidden for around 26,000 years during this era of patriarchal domination. Mostly male priests, doctors, politicians, and, and holders of other positions of power have created a world with systems that do not work for everybody equally. This is the moment in history when the divine female intelligence returns to her rightful place to set right the destruction that we have seen of the earth and to the souls of all life on this planet within this last cycle of history. And um, Laura, Laura is actually the person that kind of taught me about this, like, or at least really expanded my knowledge on this subject. And 
um, it was through her work that I really realized that just vast importance of the return of the divine feminine. So, um, Laura, do you have anything to add to my definition or anything else you want to just say about that topic right off the bat? Well, I just want to say that was just so beautifully put and, and yeah, I, I, I guess it's hard to, you know, really add to that because it just stands so strong on its own, but it, I mean, it's true when we look at the last 26,000 years and the patriarchal domination, it's very interesting to look at the galactic history behind that and the different events that took place that led to, you know, this, this whole, uh, like all these dark cycles that we've been dealing with. And that's a lot of what my research is about, how we sank into this lower density because of exploded planets and the fall of these more advanced civilizations and how the mother energy actually morphed into the physical planet, but then was not able to remain because of cataclysms and a lot of destruction that took place in this particular harmonic universe to the point where we have been operating under like these dark mother reversal codes and um, this massive digression and this sort of feeding frenzy on our life force um, based on, you know, different belief systems that have cut us off from the truth of who we are. And the return of this energy has a lot to do with the return of the ether and how that's helping to purify uh, our energy bodies, also um, upgrade our DNA, help us to understand what junk DNA is. Uh, it affects the earth grids, and it's really what this ascension cycle is all about, is unscrambling those fire letters, understanding that it's actually a love story. So when we look at the chaoticness of the dynamics between the masculine and feminine in the world, is very much what we're carrying within ourselves. And so we're sort of cut off from these greater solutions that come from the more authentic expression of the true essence of the divine feminine and divine masculine in union with each other. So the focus on the feminine right now has to do with the fact that in this ascension window period, the energy of the mother has returned. And the Venus transits are a part of that and how it forms a perfect pentagram in the sky and uh, and how the sun actually in 2010 started to move through the 13th sign of Phaecus, which is ruled by the ether and how this sort of correction has taken place in order to allow that circulation to return and assist us in awakening to what we're um, you know really made of on a DNA level, on a chakra level, because we go way beyond the seven. And it really, what it helps us to do is detox from what we see in the media. And like you said, you know, uh, politics, religion, uh, the medical industry. And it's not all bad, of course, so it's not like throwing all of it under a bus, but it's understanding that the programmings that run those things are really leveraging or taking advantage of our vulnerability or our amnesia. Totally. And they're kind of anti-human. It's like they're not built for us to thrive in these systems. Um, so tell me, can you give me your take on what it means, what patriarchal domination means? Because our listeners might not no. Mm-hmm. Well, it's 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 a control system. Uh, we we are exposed to it pretty much upon birth. It's something that bombards us right away. I mean, when we look at even just vaccinations, I know that's for some a very controversial topic, so I'm not going to get into that. But it's an immediate thing. Um, it's the way the school systems operate. It's what we see when we watch the television. Um, it's the way we relate to our gender or our. Uh, uh, like the way we relate to, you know, the opposite sex or just, you know, ourselves. Um, and really what it streams from is this deeper agenda that wants to run the show and use mind control as a means to socially engineer and create these sub identities or sub personalities that, 
um, are, are given a reward system that is based on self-worth, you know, pumping us up to feel successful if we achieve this, but if we don't, then we're just a loser, right? So it's, it's really promoting duality and separation because as long as there's duality and separation and we buy into it thinking, oh, well, I should have something against that race. And we're, we're, we're going way beyond just the, the normal racialness, but like um, things related to different world wars throughout history, these unconscious reasons for us to stay separate. Um, and, and also the imbalance of the masculine and feminine through how dominant these male forces have been on the planet. And this isn't to blame the male gender. They've been targeted too, of course. And the world wars and the traumas that come from the world wars and all these different things that were fed as a so-called reality is to keep this control and to make it feel like the women have to fight for their rights. And so it creates, it creates sort of this false feminine uh, fem, feminism movement too. So it's something we're bombarded with, you know, really right off the bat. It is a program and it is to keep us under a control system. And it actually relates to the planet Saturn and our junk DNA and how there's artificial energies streaming from Saturn and the rings of Saturn to hit the moon to create sort of this imbalance so that the emotional body of the feminine is really in a, a low sort of victim place. And the energy of the masculine is very much the greater authority. And women can buy into that patriarchy too, and they can act like the patriarchal male as well. But so it's not just um, social engineering, it's actually dark technologies are generating this false reality that we call the matrix, which is actually not really our truth. It's targeting our negative ego and it's targeting just a small part of who we are. And so we just have to break that to be able to step up to the rest of who we are. And so that's the domination pretty much. Perfect. So just to kind of like unpack some of those things for our listeners, what I heard um, is that it's okay. So we have this false system of control where they're kind of targeting us through the, almost you could say like the male ego, um, to, to force us into these systems, which they, they feed to us from literally the moment that we're born to make us believe that reality is and should be a certain way. And in that, in the reality that they're feeding us, the male and the female intelligences and, and soul, you know, um, wisdom is not really um, equal. It's like the male is put above the female. And one of the reasons this could be, at least what I think, and tell me what you think, is um, that the male is sort of um, more wired, I guess you could say, or maybe it's just programmed to really go from the, the mind and linear thought process, where a woman, a female intelligence is more a heart-based thought process. And the heart-based thought process can really kind of see through the matrix, you know, but the male linear based thought process is the way the matrix functions. So they kind of want to get in with this, this male linear thought process and the female heart-based intelligence, you know, like for example, when a woman feels like, you know, things are profoundly unfair and she might, you know, um, act that out through different emotional outbursts, that's considered crazy. That's considered not valid. That's considered, oh, look at the woman. See, this is why we can't trust the women. And <laughs> that's all part of the patriarchal domination system. And another thing I heard from you was that, you know, it's not really the male gender. It's really just a system of control using male embodied people. Because in my opinion, and let me know if, if you differ on this, the soul is really neither male nor female, you know, and we've lived lives all of us probably as both genders. And so it's like, it's not even like our soul is either male or female. It's really about using male embodied people to kind of institute the system of control over the earth for these darker agendas, which are hidden from us. And, um, what else? 
and and now and now that the female the divine female is coming back it's really coming back into balance it's it's not like you said a false feminism where oh let's let's put females on a pedestal it's not really that either it's more just a coming back into balance of these polar forces where where we can have a, a more balanced would you agree with that yeah, definitely definitely and i think the push for you know the return of this energy um is very very different than women really fighting the fight to try and be, you know, like the male. And, and on some level that needs to happen because there shouldn't be any unfairness when it comes to the system that we're in. But it also is being used to almost cover up the more important things that need to go on within our own beings, because this is a, a war we need to win within ourselves, because very often our own ego energy, even in a female body, whether it's swinging from a place of feeling great and, and successful or feeling, you know, victimized and in a low level of self-worth, it's, 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 you know, that imbalance that, that we have to address. And what's very interesting is we're, you know, seeing the feminine emerging a little bit sort of controlled. Um, the Me Too movement is very, very important, but why aren't we talking about pedophilia and child trafficking and satanic ritual? I mean, those things are coming out, but yet nobody's paying attention. But when somebody complains about being touched inappropriately, it's headline news. So as much as that's important, we have to realize that some of these outer movements are covering up the more important work that needs to be done. And I'm not saying or trying to belittle that those things aren't important, but if we're going to lift up that lid, we got to keep lifting and lifting and lifting to completely purge out everything that needs to be purged. Yeah. And so, yeah, so that balancing, um, I mean, men have gone to war. They've had their limbs blown off at war. The women have stayed at home. We see all these different storylines being played out. Uh, that, you know, create, you know, trauma for both sides. And, um, and so the male has sort of been the one picked to, you know, maintain these leadership roles also. And I mean, it's the kind of thing where we look at religion and people are really confused about what God really means because they don't agree with religion. And so the other extreme would be uh, like the church of Satan, but it's like, why do we have to go to either extreme? That's what they want. They want a rebellion against the so-called God and religion so that they have to choose the dark path when really we have to reconcile light and dark within our own being and maybe not look outside of ourselves, but understand our soul architecture and all the different archetypes that represent both light and dark, masculine and feminine, earth, air, fire, water, and now ether, and really understand that the more we know who we are and what we're made of, the more we can harmonize these fragmentations and integrate them within ourselves. And then our output, the energy that we, we put out to the collective has a healing frequency, sort of like sound healing technology. And then we can activate others and begin to steer ourselves and each other away from the mind control and AI signals and the things that keep us locked in the program where we get um, a sense of what our future is going to be based on what we see in the news or what party we agree with or what we're trying to fight for. Um, and so these outer battles, I'm not trying to belittle, they're very important, but we all have to step back and look at where it's playing us and what it's trying to plug into, because ultimately we are the ascension energy. It's an initiation we're going through within ourselves and we have to unhook from those dark forces of control and also raise the power of the feminine within ourselves to meet the masculine within us on an equal level with that ego. But then once it purifies that ego energy, it becomes the avatar Christ consciousness. And then it, and then it really just merges into the goddess energy of the planetary consciousness, which is returned. And so this is all like when we look at Christ Sophia or some of the archetypes, this is something that's happening within all of us if we choose it. 
Absolutely. Okay. I could not agree with you more. And what I heard just to clarify for some of our listeners is that it's really about a balance of polar forces, right? And in, within ourselves and without our, outside of ourselves too. But um, where it seems like the, uh, the darker agenda or matrix, as we like to call it, can kind of hook into us is when we're out of balance or we're living in a polarity state, in a polar state. If we're choosing to do the inner work of that, of that, what we would call polarity integration or that, you know, the integration of the male and female, like really coming to balance within ourself and not playing into something like a polar force, like these guys are bad, these guys are good, or um, the Democrats are good and the Republicans are bad, or anything that's a polarizing um, issue, instead of partaking in the polarity to really kind of go above that and to see the neutral field that is trying to come to balance within that. And if we can do that, then we can exit these matrix energies. That matrix energies can't really get us if we are if we are integrating in that way. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely, totally. And that's what really allows the ether energy to come in and purify um, our beings and also switch on dormant strands of DNA because the nucleic acids of our DNA are elemental earth, air, fire, water, and actually the mitochondrial DNA is ruled by the ether. And that has been damaged for thousands of years because of the absence of the true mother that is now returned. So now that that energy is healing within us, a massive shift can take place where we move from carbon-based to crystalline. And of course, this is an alchemical process that can't happen overnight. So I think some people sort of make fun of this stuff or think it's you know, because they expect maybe in 2012, we were all supposed to wake up in our Merkaba body or something. But um, I mean, yeah, it would be nice. Um, but the density is just so heavy and it's been so long and there's ancestral patterns. And this is all just like, you know, it affects our organs, our cells, our, our consciousness, our emotions, every, every bit of us. And so the reason we say there's ascension symptoms is because everything comes up to the surface to be cleansed, to be reset, to be re-encrypted, um, and to be like looked at, uh, hopefully with love and compassion, we're, we're taught to judge it. So during these times, a lot of people feel like they're going nuts. They might be getting really depressed. They might be feeling really ill. Um, they might feel like they can't handle all the downloads coming in or all the stuff that they're noticing on the internet. And that's a very vulnerable place to be because one would want to give their power away in those times. Um, if they don't know what this shifting is all about or what the real mechanics behind it are, because we're given a lot of different versions of what it means. But the more we can trust these initiations and really breathe through them and reach out to people that understand, um, you know, what it's all about, you know, the more we can utilize all of these adversities and challenges as a way to open the doorway up to these higher earth energies, because that's why they're there. They're not there to crush us. They're not there to take us down, but that's what we're taught. And so we're supposed to what go on medication, um, get even sicker because we believe we have something wrong with us. In actual fact, it's a very healthy thing to be having all this happen even though it's incredibly uncomfortable, it's better than just being in a trance and being robotic right now. So that's why I do astrology because I want to help people understand their charts. So it's not so scary and daunting. Totally. And I, I mean, to your point, I, I mean, I've been suffering, um, a lot of ascension symptoms just in the last couple of weeks, because I'm about to make a big move in my life. And a lot of stuff is coming to the surface. And even me who knows intellectually everything that you just said, which is like, these are ascension symptoms. I have to be grateful for this. I need to like have witness it with compassion. I even find myself in my weaker moments, like I have this crazy eczema on my hand right now and like some other like weird rashes and coughs and all these weird things coming up. And it's like, if in my weaker moments, I, I'm like, 
find myself being like, what's wrong with me? Like, do I need to go to the doctor? Do I need to give my power away? Like, I'm, am I dying? You know? <laughs> and it's like, it's like, no, I'm not dying. I'm witnessing this with gratitude. Um, like, and it's such a shift to be able to witness this with gratitude versus like be scrambling and then ultimately give your power away. So I hear you completely on that. And I think it's part of what we all signed up for coming to earth at this time during the end of the ascension cycle to suffer some of these ascension symptoms and, and to, to ride this wave, you know, there's no other way to ride this wave, but to, no. to be in it, you know, there's so much unconscious stuff too. And stuff that we pick up on that we've absorbed that never was ours that come up to, to the surface. So, I mean, my Google history is insane. It's like, I have like every symptom and ailment and it's like, can't you just choose better words than, I mean, they, I can't even spell them. I have to copy and paste constantly. It's like, like, what is this? What does this mean? And, and I'm just like you, I'm like, should I go to the ER? Is everything okay? I'm like, nope, I'm okay. Everything's okay. And, and, and literally this is just in every given week, there's, there's at least something like that, that comes up. And so I just, I'm glad we're giving it attention. Cause I know a lot of people are going through that right now. And, you know, it's just really important to just breathe into it and just ask it. It's so amazing when we ask ourselves questions, we, we answer ourselves. We have an inner voice. We have the capacity to bring greater awareness and understanding to it. But yeah, it's, 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 it's really intense. And, and this is where we're learning to be sovereign. Sovereignty is that we're more self-sufficient. When these things come up, we can tend to our own needs. And when we do need to give our power away, we don't have to give it, give it away. Sometimes it's good to go to the doctor if we're really in a, you know, a crisis situation, um, but, but always remember that, uh, you know, that, 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 that was there to, to help you through that moment. But from that moment on, it's a really good time to understand it uh, on a much greater capacity. And we can get closer to ourselves in the face of these ailments and adversities. And that's what it's showing up for to bring us closer to ourselves. But we're taught to feel very uncomfortable in our own bodies. And we're, we're, we're taught to almost distance ourselves from ourselves. And we just want to give it to somebody else to solve. And I'm, I'm breathing through it too, because I'm right there like, hmm, how do I handle this one? I know it's, it's really intense when it comes up because you have that ego mind trying to tell you like you're dying or you're crazy or something. Um, but I think, and also another point that I thought of while you were talking is like, um, just when we, if we do have to go to the doctor, not giving our sovereignty away to the medical system. So it's like not letting them do stuff that makes us uncomfortable, remaining in control of our own bodies and not letting them do things to us that we don't feel comfortable with. So, um, do you think there was ever a time in earth's history where the divine feminine was in her rightful place? Let's just say. Yes. Yes. There are a lot of female warriors too. I mean, the amount of time it lasted is questionable. Uh, I think it's a really difficult history to get to the bottom of fully and completely, but I do know, you know, the times of Avalon before things really, you know, began to crumble, you know, Lemuria, the beginnings of Atlantis, um, certain regions in Ireland, you know, goddess Danu and the whole, uh, tribal energy of, you know, all of that. Um, I think there were just really peak times, but they really were always sort of ready to be invaded. I guess you could say, um, I think there was the need to protect those lands and those, those, those advanced civilizations, but at the same time, it, 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 there was there was other things going on around it that, I mean, we've talked about this before. We were sort of traveling into sort of the past life zones and, and kind of understanding it a little bit. But yeah, I mean, either through invasion or wanting to help to bring others into that level of awareness created an opening that uh, was very vulnerable to attack. 
I mean, it's been very yeah. difficult ever since we came into this lower harmonic universe, even though there are advanced civilizations, because there's always been this sort of dark agenda that's followed us into here. Um, and the thing is, one of the biggest things it wants to keep us from is knowing what we're truly made of. That's why our DNA is targeted, um, because they're incredibly threatened by who we are. I mean, they wouldn't have a food source anymore if we really remembered the fullness of all that we are. And it's not just a memory. It's it's a full on uh, need for unity consciousness because we need to share codes. We need to share you know strands because when we came here, we split into seven root races born at different times to share these different strands and layers and codes. And that's why there's genocide and a lot of different groups that get wiped out so that we're not able to share those energies with each other. So, I mean, we have our own inner work to contend with, but then we have to be willing to look to each other and um, unify. And it doesn't mean, you know, oneness is sameness. It's diversity and harmony, as we both talk about a lot. So, um, and that's what the most painful part of history has been is that certain uh, races, you know, were wiped out to stunt our ability to connect because the dark technologies would be neutralized and they would not have any power if we were able to do it because it relies on siphoning our energy to be powered up. So if we call that power back and unify it, it those technologies basically don't, don't work. work yeah, totally. Because, you know, they're disconnected from source, from the energy of all where we can draw life force from. So since they're so disconnected from source, they literally have to siphon off our energies in order to survive. So for them, they're kind of fighting for their survival, right? They're going to they're gonna be dead if this, if this works out for us. And that's why it's so nasty because it's not just they're just control freaks. They're in survival because they compromise themselves. Yeah. And um, they've really had their grips for a long ass time. So they think that they're going to get away with it. But um, we're going to get into it a little bit later of like why this is the right moment um, for that to change. But before that, I just want to comment on a couple things that you had said before, which is like all the all the civilizations that you had mentioned, I thought was interesting about where the divine feminine had been a little bit more in her power, like such as Avalon, Atlantis, Lemuria, some of um, the Irish um, goddess culture. It's like those are to our matrix understanding. Those are all mythical. Do you know what I mean? It's like, they don't even want to admit that that even exists, you know, and throw Mary Magdalene in there too. They want to call her a, a prostitute, you know? So it's like, they have like systematically mythologized and made it as if that this is not even part of our history. It's just like a myth, you know? So I thought that was interesting. Um, oh yeah. And I also want to ask, wanted to ask you about, um, so, so would you say that like from the beginning of like, even before Lemuria and Atlantis, we had already fallen into the lower harmonic universe as you would call it? Yeah, there was a higher Atlantis and Lemuria in the 5D sort of higher earth energy of Tara. And they, uh, it, it was like definitely representing the, the masculine and feminine balance, similar to Tiamat and Apsu. Uh, there was a sacred union that was being held in those higher dimensional energies. And because of free will and the further differentiation of the masculine and feminine and certain rebellions and the negative ego construct of the fallen angels and and all these different things that could also be named extraterrestrial races, um, began to hybridize, began to manipulate incarnate consciousness and began to create more and more of a division. And then through the misuse of um, power generator crystals in the in the core of those particular planetary bodies, an explosion took place and then we sank. Um, and was that and during Atlantis and Lemuria or before when we actually did the sinking? That was an original Atlantis and Lemuria. And then when we sank, it became root races. So there was the Lemuria that we hear about um, here 
and then the Atlantis that we hear about here, which were actually root races. So we had a Larian Holocaust here that um, Kauai and places in Hawaii are connected into that. And it, it, there are many different stages, but it almost like followed itself in here. So there's still kind of, I think, the same like lines and the same family lines in a lot of ways of those root races. And then Atlantis, um, you know, had a numerous amount of cataclysms. And that is when the cabal began to form and go, you know, hidden. And when our DNA got scrambled and we lost all our galactic memories. But so the, the Atlantis Lemuri that we mostly hear about, I believe, is the one that is in this particular harmonic universe. And then we digressed because um, we were much higher when we first sank. And we were only supposed to reincarnate a, a few times to maybe figure it out and go home again to these higher dimensional levels. But due to amnesia and uh, the Anunnaki and the Draco reptilian, or at least a faction of the Anunnaki joining forces, that's when it really started these um, construction or engineering of the artificial timelines and the need to create a system um, to like manipulate us like we see today. From what I understand, uh, yeah, and so continual world wars, I mean, there was the Nephilim Wars, even the first war was the electrical wars, from what I've, you know, come to understand. I mean, we both love Lisa Renee and a lot of her work brings light to this kind of stuff. Um, but the Sumerian Egyptian invasion is when everything got cut off and we became almost humans as we know it, where we're just born. We don't really remember the past. Some people even question if we have past lives. And that's totally fine um, if, if a person has a belief system like that. Uh, but there's so much more to the story, obviously. And the junk DNA, scientists you know, teach that it's useless. And that's really where these mythological levels of our being exist. When we used to live in advanced civilizations that actually were a mirror to these more advanced embodiments that we held. That makes perfect sense because if, as a more, in a more advanced state of consciousness and body, like, of course, we're going to have DNA that reflects that, that more advanced state. And so, um, it's just interesting how science likes to call stuff like that junk. Um, but, but totally. And just for our listeners, I just want to clarify that Laura and I are both saying that like, there's actually anti-human and you could call them alien forces that are preying upon us and that are have built a system in which they siphon off of us they siphon our life force energy and we are amnesia we have amnesia to it so just to make that really clear for anybody who did not um quite get that um yes can you tell me now laura about um about why this is the moment of the ascension window, why this has the potential to change now after so long of being in the matrix? Like why now? Well, it's, it's from what I've come to understand and research that every 26,000 years, uh, the stargates on the planet open up. The geophysics of the planet is such that the stargates are able to open. So if we look at a stargate, we got to look at it as like a, a, a portal into another dimensional level. So when we look at our chakras, if we start to open up like a galactic chakra, in a way it's like opening a stargate. Um, it helps us to access another level of ourselves. So this earth in a sense is accessing another level of itself through our co-creation and our contribution to be conduit. So we're not going to notice it if we're not ourselves doing it. So we're going to only notice an artificial timeline if we stay stuck in the program and we stay limited to the lower lesser sort of aspects of self, lower emotionality, negative ego, um, fear, anxiety, and all the things that they try and create for a food source, because that's called loose, right? They, they like to feed on like a food source. So um, because of all these cataclysms, the planetary body got thrown off its axis. So it's also like if we were in a big car wreck, 
we might need physical therapy. And so the planet has been healing itself and getting back into alignment. But in the same, you know, at the same time, we're planted with sort of a seed that has kind of a timing to it that's, you know, a, a, like a replica of what's happening on the earth that is in a healing process as well. So the timing is as much as it's the timing within. So some people are going to be um, maybe further along, but it doesn't mean that they're higher or better. They might just have learned more life lessons or gained or accessed more of their memories quicker. Or there's, you know, definitely beings that come from the future, not linear speaking, but coming from another dimensional level coming in to assist in the activation process. And so this is just, you know, that window where we're in alignment with the galactic core, the core of Milky Way, the galactic core of Milky Way and Andromeda are becoming one again. And it's just the way the cycles go. The Mayans even understood it. And it's based on the procession of the equinox, it's based on Venus transits, it's based on a lot of different planetary forces that basically like if we get injured, our immune system lights up and it was it wants to create equilibrium again. So through all these different cataclysms and wars and battles, the earth body with the cosmic intelligence, which is a part of its higher mind or its imagination or whatever, the whole body of creation has been repairing itself. And the divine feminine energy being thrown kind of to the wayside with all these dark reversals has made it um, a task and a mission to, to be able to come back home. And nothing can really stop it because it's the mother of everything, right? But as long as we can be tricked out of being in connection to it, that's where the real injury is. And that's why it wasn't able to remain because enough people bought into those programs. Even um, certain religions were uh, taught to demonize the goddess. Uh, some of the archetypes got misunderstood like Lilith and like you said, Magdalene. And, um, and some of the stories that are written, basically even Adam and Eve make the feminine look like somebody that we should reject. And a lot of them are distorted texts and they're not based on the true teachings that teach things like soul alchemy and our ability to connect with the energy um, and the blueprint within the energy circulation of how our right and left, you know, flow with each other. When we choose one over the other, we're actually cutting off a part of our energy flow. So, and that happened on the planet, which is why it was in such dark cycles and the mother energy couldn't be here because ultimately she requires balance. So, mm -hmm. you know, and so, you know, and doesn't mean it ever got destroyed. It just had to go somewhere until each one of us are ready to embrace it again. But it's something we find within ourselves as well. Well, and do you find that, you know, as, as history has kind of been going the last hundred years that actually like the earth, at least from the outside perspective is becoming like not as getting further away from balance. Like we, like humans are destroying the earth. They're like killing the, the, the species of animals, the great barrier reef. Like we're spraying the skies with chemicals. We're using, we're destroying the soil. We're doing all this horrible stuff to the earth. And it seems like it's almost like reaching a fever pitch of imbalance. And could you yes. speak to like how that is going to bring in the, the new era? Or what are your yes. thoughts about that? Well, it's, it's sort of pushing us to the edge when we see what is at stake, what's on the line, not just the earth that we live and breathe upon and walk upon, but our own soul. Because if, if the earth is compromised, so is our soul. Because to me, nature is the manifestation of our soul essence. It's got earth, air, fire, water. Like indigenous cultures understood that different animals represent different spirit medicine for us. Um, we have a receptivity to all the herbs and the plants and the fruits and the everything. I mean, we are so connected with nature and we've been put in these um, you know, different environments that separate us from nature. And we don't necessarily operate from that place of being a guardian to it or to ourselves. You know, we're in a personality matrix, which is 3D, but in actual fact, this is a 13 dimensional planetary energy that 
is now activating. So more than likely, there's going to be a bifurcation because what's really reaching the breaking point is the 3D realm and the destruction that it causes to the soul. So we all have to ask ourselves, how is my own ego destroying my soul or separating me from it? And if we look around us, we see a reflection of that. Our skies are being sprayed, the waters are polluted, but we have to ask, you know, we got to look within and take it upon ourselves to cleanse and purify because the more we do that, the more the earth that we reflect is gonna to respond to us. And we're gonna notice that we're on the right timeline because we are stepping up to the plate. It's not, there's no savior that can come and do it for us, but there's great masters and teachers and avatars that can remind us. And so when we start to really step up to the plate and, and, and do the work, then we move out of the ego imbalance that's destroying our soul, destroying nature, and we start to align ego energy with spirit and heart and soul. And then it generates through the solar plexus um, an energetic that is powerful enough to co-create um, along with the trajectory of the ascension timeline that nobody can destroy. It's an organic ascension timeline. And so right now it's like we're seeing both um, right. kind of play out. We see a lot of positive indication that everything's moving in the right direction. We're all going to ascend, but it's, it's something that we have to continually participate in. And then we see these things like 5G and, and more disasters, more stuff in the news. And we have to, you know, look and see how plugged into it. Are we, are we allowing our creative channels to be infected by that propaganda? Are we allowing ourselves to be victims to these darker technologies? Because ultimately the higher dimensions of ourself can neutralize this weaponry. I look at the weaponry and I use it as a tool for my growth. Instead of letting it like hurt me or seeing it as a threat, I which I try and do, I, not every day am I able to do this so easily, but I always try and remind myself, look at it as a tool. Because if you turn it into a healing tool, it's no longer a weapon. And, and we can change the vibration of things through our thoughts because 5D is really about our throat chakra, what we choose to speak, what we choose to amplify, the frequency of truth that we embody through being authentic can override all these other things because ultimately the chemtrails and all these things are trying to control our thoughts, control our minds and keep us in a low vibration. And so the only way to really win the war is to be the override frequency and, and move beyond it to transmute it. Doesn't mean we deny it. It doesn't mean we don't pretend it exists and it doesn't mean we don't call it out. We just have to remember that we're moving into something that goes so much beyond all of that. It's only trying to keep us in the net, but once we poke a hole through the net, it doesn't have any power over us, but there are many, many people that are going to be affected because they're just, the whole concept of waking up or doing inner work um, is a little bit foreign to them if, if somebody else, some outer authority didn't tell them to do it first. Totally. And very confronting because when you're going to start doing the inner work, especially if you're all entrenched up in the matrix, it's not going to be comfortable. I mean, we all know the ascension process is full of discomfort and um, intensity and things that, um, you know, 3D earth humans are conditioned to be afraid of or to shy away from. And right. so to get through that is hard. Well, that's why um, we're launched sometimes without asking to go into. So, so a lot of people do have events that take place that do help them wake up, even if they don't understand conspiracy or the kind of languaging that we speak. You know, when you lose a loved one or you get ill or injured, it's a it's it's a really powerful opportunity to step back and step away from your life and reassess everything. And so sometimes people utilize those those adversities that take place and it wakes them up and some don't, but that's sometimes what it's going to take for people is to, is to manifest a crisis so that they can step away from their nine to five or, or whatever track that they're flowing on to just like really reassess everything. And it doesn't mean they asked for it or deserved it on that level, but if there's no internal change, there's going to be change that is forced upon us. 
And so we have to be able to interpret it in a way that serves us instead of crushes us even more. Totally. And just to speak to that point and just kind of take for our listeners to just take it back for one second about this concept of the bifurcation or there being two times yeah. playing out. So I just want to just really clarify real quick that um, what we're talking about here is that there's literally two um, trains or projections of reality moving into the future. One could be called the matrix timeline, or I also call it the, 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 artificial AI timeline, which is kind of playing out where um, technology and humanity are going to mix and become this um, new strain of, of futurism. And we're not connecting to spirit. We're not um, doing the inner work to, to ascend into higher realms. And with that, that timeline um, kind of plays out with more wars and more just degrade, dead degradation. And then we have um, a, the other timeline, which we would call the organic ascension timeline or like the 5D timeline, which is people awakening to these, these higher truths, to the truth of the divine feminine, the truth of the matrix, the truth of all these things, which we're awakening to and how that play, timeline plays out, which is um, sustainable energy sources, a love for the earth, um, just moving into higher consciousness and having those higher consciousness be manifest in the world around us. And it's very much happening that both of those are playing out right now. And um, how I kind of see it playing out, and Laura, you let me know like if this makes sense to you, but it's like, I completely agree with what you say about the crises. I feel like uh, the, the way the earth is going to kind of bring everybody over to the ascension, organic ascension timeline, which is happening because it's organic and it's like a season that's springing and it's time for it. Um, how it might play out is that like people who are not on the organic ascension timeline are going to be manifesting in their lives more and more intense crises, like you said, like health crises or other types of crises, which is really going to serve as an awakener to awaken them and shake them awake. And it's going to become more and more intense as you stay on that timeline. And either you wake up and you move over to the organic ascension timeline or I see it as your health crises might take you out, you know, like you're going to manifest more and more intense crises until you literally get taken out by like cancer or war or something. So, right. and I kind of see that how, how that, that lower timeline is going to be weeded out that way. And we're just going to hopefully be left over time with those on the organic ascension timeline. Right. And anybody who does get taken out, you know, we're infinite beings. It's a part of, you know, a lesson that you'll bring in the next round to probably not repeat. Sometimes we, you know, that that's what it takes is, is to experience something and have that imprint, um, be, be an energy we never, uh, or experience we never want to relive. And so if we have to, um, kind of go through that patterning again, we might figure it out the next time around. So, yeah, I've heard Lisa Renee say that those souls who are kind of taken out through crisis on the third dimensional timeline, they might, they might incarnate in their next life in a, in a realm or a world or a universe that has less veiling than here. You know, like we have so much veiling here, so it's really hard to see what's true, what's not true. They might, they might incarnate next in a alien world, for example, where there's less veiling and they can learn those lessons more easily. Yeah. And then maybe they'll be back. What's that? And then maybe they'll come back here after they've learned all that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it seems like it's, it's, that's kind of where the mystery lies. Like how much do we actually really have to come back to this particular time? Um, and for some, it'll, it'll be, you know, maybe a necessary thing to do, uh, just to, 
experience moving through that gateway, just similar to like birthing through a particular body. Um, but yeah, I mean, the thing is, if, if one has a good soul, they have love in their heart and they're doing the best they can. There's nothing that can truly take you out. Maybe no. on a human scale, it will. But it's a lot different than having an evil you know, heart and looking to exploit people. And that's a whole nother uh, thing to um, have to reconcile um, more so than just somebody who's really just having a difficult time trying to sort out what truth is and what what isn't. And there's so much nothing but unconditional love and compassion in the universe for those struggles. But yeah, evil is a whole nother thing. And, and for the most part, these agendas, you know, use vessels and possess them through trauma based mind control and all these different things um, in order to use these these people to generate these dark, darker timelines. And I know that's a lot for people hearing about it for the first time, but they're not really in possession of themselves most of the time. I would think it's true, you know, and just to, to that point, you know, like trauma-based mind control. I mean, the, of course we, we've heard about like, like MK ultra or government programs that actually inflict trauma-based mind control to see how that affects a human and how, how much they can control the human after traumatizing them. So that's one form of trauma-based mind control, but also just to live on this earth is to be traumatized a lot of the time. And when trauma happens to a child or to anyone, what could happen is like how I see it is like they, they have this aura and then there can become like a crack in the aura from the trauma. And then what could happen is like forces of darkness that they're not, people are not even aware of can infiltrate through that crack and begin to um, use that body as a vessel for, for darker um, intentions, you know? And so that's kind of how I see it happening and, um, how the darker timeline gets implemented on the earth is through these traumatized people who are being, uh, hopefully unconsciously, although some of them might be consciously vessels of evil, just being these vessels where the evil forces are kind of playing through them. So they look human to us, but they're really not in a way. Um, so can we talk a little bit about the override frequency? Because I know you talk, you said that. And um, I just think when we're talking about some scary stuff, like, you know, people being controlled by evil forces, um, it's, it's good to kind of give people a solution. So let's talk about the override frequency and why we don't really have to be that scared. We really don't have to be that scared at all because um, it's up to us. It's, it's most of these darker entities feed on feed on the parts of ourselves that haven't woken up yet. And so if something is draining us, something feels malevolent in our life, that's the wake up call. Um, falling a victim to it is the only thing we have to be afraid of because the minute we fall victim to it, then we created some kind of agreement and we're funneling our energy into it and it attaches even more. So when you start to notice these things in your world, one of the great tools that I have is laughter. First off, walking outside barefoot, going into nature, sitting against a tree, um, holding crystals or stones, um, and just engaging in the earth energies because the vibration of the earth energies is the override frequency because the energy of the mother has returned to the core of the planet. So it's vibrating, um, in a completely different way than I think it has for, you know, many thousands of years and it can help to, mend tears in our aura. I feel, I mean, that's what I do. I go out and I walk and my day is good. I, I know that I'm solid for the day. Um, just those simple things of breathing in the air. And I know that the air is not perfect, but we have to understand when we tune into the consciousness of the planet and that higher vibrational energy, you know, it, it can transmute the toxicity because toxicity and assaults and any attachments are really just feeding on 
Um, oh gosh, the door keeps slamming because of the wind. Um, it just feeds on the lower aspects of self. And when we allow it to push us into an expansive state, then we override that energy. So when we look at these archons or dark forces, we're here to become senior to them. So as long as they're bullying us, it's our job to um, figure out how to overcome it. So we need boundaries, we need protection, we need to shield ourselves. Um, we need to not allow it to stimulate our fear body. And if it does, there's nothing, what the heck? If it does, there's nothing wrong with fear because fear can be something that gives us caution and helps us to step back and realize, okay, um, there's a threat here. And so it should push us into a solution instead of a state of mind that can make things worse. So to me, it's um, no different than when we get a symptom in the body. It might remind us of a deficiency we have, a vitamin we might need to take, a dietary change we might need to make. Um, maybe we need more exercise, but if we ignore it, it's only gonna get worse and then we're gonna find ourselves really, really sick. And I'm not talking about like a flu we might catch or a virus that comes and goes, but the more systemic stuff, the more kind of things that um, could, could end up becoming a lifelong chronic condition. Um, we need to look at these dark forces on any level, whether it's spiritual, physical, emo emotional, mental, um, or earth-based and, and, and have it be the wake up call instead of the thing that um, plummets us into a downward spiral that um, causes further digression. Because really, if we look at it, any sting that we experience is an opportunity to either walk away or learn from it. And that is what empowerment is, is the capacity to know what to do in those moments and nip it in the bud and not let it, you know, like, like pull, put its tentacles in like a tick, you know, where it's just feeding on you. So Absolutely. we got to be hyper aware. Like, what are your triggers? Like when we wake up in the morning to the minute we fall asleep at night, we can learn so much about ourselves. What are, what, what inspires us? What is keeping us from wanting to get out of bed? What is triggering us? What is depressing us? And, 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 and really jump into uh, getting to know ourselves more because we spend more time being like something's wrong with me and 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 going into the self-worth um, aspect of self instead of just stepping in there and just dealing with it we we spend way too much time deciding whether or not we love each other or not for it. like you know like should we hate ourselves for it or should we love ourselves for it how about we just don't even worry about that side of it and just understand it and the more we understand it the more we're gonna find um the solutions like pour in and then we can pat ourselves on the back. And that's what I think true confidence is. The rest of it's sort of like, it's unstable as it is like, oh, I only feel good when I have a good hair day or when I got a paycheck or when we rely on outer things for self-esteem, we're in trouble. When we rely on our inner worth to really be able to face the challenges and know what to do with those challenges, I think that's a much more solid way to truly love ourselves because judgment gets us nowhere. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I feel like the dark forces actually, um, kind of F like F around with us by in my, how I see it as like, they can even speak into our thoughts in our own voice. So we think that there are thoughts and they're trying to take us down within us, you know? So I just think like not listening to any sort of thoughts that you have in your own mind that are trying to take you down, like separating that as like almost like an entity outside of yourself trying to take you down. And then like focusing on 
your ascension, your um, remembering and embodiment of who we truly are and have that be your focus. Because if you're focusing on that, that is, that is something that's true worth, you know, that's true self-worth. If you're, if you're focusing on embodying love and embodying your higher self, that is something that you always have that's worthy. That's making you a worthy person. You don't need a good hair day or a paycheck (laughs) to like prove to yourself that you're worthy, you know, as long as you're yeah, or, or validation, or you know, where your your happiness depends on whether so and so texts you back. I mean, and and we fall into that trap, and it's and it's easy to, but you know, doing the real inner work—that's where the victory lies. Ignoring it and and relying on these sort of superficialities is where um, we start to get invaded without realizing it. Until one day we wake up and we wonder why we're so messed up. Um, so there's nothing to be afraid of because. You know, it's not that the dark forces know that they're here to help us. They don't. They only know how to be dark forces. But in a larger picture sense of it, um, it's the adversities that can wake us up. And if we bless those adversities, then we won't be so much in duality. We can see the value of those challenges because um, they're only uh, trying to alert us to the fact that we're getting a little bit off track. And it's it's here to kind of steer us back. Um, It's sort of like if we're on a bike trail and we start to notice that we're slipping down a, a cliff. Is that a dark force? Well, no, it just means that we got to like watch what we're doing and get back on track, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And um, I completely agree. And just to, just to the override frequency one more time, again, it's like beyond duality is the neutral field, you know, and the neutral field to me kind of is the, is another way of looking at the override frequency and also embodying that neutral field. And so like, we might do a practice like from Lisa Renee of like God sovereign free commanding our personal space, declaring ourselves as a spark of that of that neutral God field that we're sovereign, meaning like we have control over our own energies and our own field and nothing else can get into that field because we are commanding our personal space and, um, you know, the freedom to do so. And to me, that's another way to look at the, the override frequency because when we are evoking that and we are embodying that, we are overriding any other dark energies that are trying to like knock at our door. And that's totally the movement out of duality into a unity type consciousness, which is not just about worrying about that we all gather together and we all love each other. We got to start with ourselves because the prerequisite to unity consciousness is authenticity and finding the unity within to to integrate those polarities and to understand that the unified field is the zero, is the zero point energy. And that consciousness is such a purifier and it strengthens our aura. And actually the zero card in the tarot is the fool. And the energy of the fool is like the divine innocence of a child. It doesn't have to have all the answers, but it's in a flow where um, it can listen and learn and and learn from the, you know, nature. Like you fall down and get back up again. You, you, you get a scrape on your, you know, you fall off, you, you just, you get back up again. And it's, and it's, and it's that, that openness. Um, and it's the zero, you know, zero is, is, is almost like the culmination of, of every aspect to the point of wholeness again. Um, and so, yeah, balance is incredibly important and, and, it, and it really takes no time for us to notice where we're out of balance. If we give ourselves the time, we could all in a literally like a couple days be able to clearly say to ourselves where we're the most out of balance in our life. These things are such obvious parts of our world. 
Totally. And I think you, that makes such a great point about the triggers and like, where are we triggered? Where do we feel triggered? Because I think a lot of people I notice like on some Facebook groups that I'm on, they'll be like trigger warning, trigger warning to like, um, they'll tag posts with trigger warning so that people don't get triggered, you know? But I think that's so to avoiding triggers is so not where you want to go with this. You know, you want to go directly into your triggers because those are the points and places of weakness that you have the op- that are showing you where you need to strengthen yourself. Would you agree? Absolutely. Totally. Yeah. And if it's too much and it's not something you feel like you can feel, uh, heal or accept into your world, then just have a boundary to it and bless it and just walk the other way. I mean, there's some things that, you know, groups will convince you, oh, you're a prude or, or you should believe this or, 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 or you should be all about this and you're just triggered. And it's like, so there's some triggers that will help us to embrace something that we might have been shut down from. But there's other triggers that might help us to see. I just don't feel comfortable, in, you know, doing this kind of thing. It's just me. But it doesn't mean that it's a right or wrong thing. It's just not your thing. Right. Like. So it's 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 giving ourselves the ultimate self-respect and 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 creating from the inside out, not the outside in. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks because you always find your people. But wasting your time with those that don't honor your process or, or treat you with respect. It's not worth our while. Absolutely. And I find, you know, one thing I find people are like triggered by or whatever is, you know, because there is a lot of darkness happening on the planet right now, such as like satanic ritual abuse, which is really prevalent, especially in, um, powerful circles. Um, so I think I, what, sometimes when we, when I'll mention that to people, like that's very triggering, you know, to people because they don't want to hear about that. They don't, they just want it all to be love and light. And that's almost like a spiritual bypass situation where they, they're not willing to look into the darkness and they, they, that is triggering to them. And, um, so just to that, it's like, to me, it's neutral, you know, to be able to, to say neutrally, like this is happening in the world. Let's like look at it neutrally so that we can stop it seems a lot more productive, proactive and positive than just pretending that it's not happening, you know? Exactly. And so there's a shadow on the planet, just like we have our own shadow self and it's going to create, um, a division between our higher and lower self if it's ignored. So we can't evolve if we don't look at our own shadow. And because we exist on this earth and there's been things hiding in the shadow, like a shadow government, things like satanic ritual abuse, horrific crimes against humanity, um, it needs to be called out. And that's the way you stop it because it, it takes the charge away because things that overpower us are the things that tend to be hidden more so than the things that are in front of us, because at least we can say yes or no to the things in front of us. We can skip school if we want. You know, even young kids, you know, say yes or no, despite what your parents say, because, um, you know, and some just want to be a good kid based on, you know, what the authorities around them are telling them. But it's the hidden things that have the most control. So when we're just willing to talk about these things and expose them, um, there's something amazing that happens, just like when we can admit, wow, you know, I was being selfish in that moment. It, it, just admitting that to ourselves might change our behavior pattern for the rest of our lives. But if, it, if we keep just denying it, we could form narcissistic personalities. We could be um, very destructive without realizing it because we refuse to look at that shadow. So it's an inner shadow work. It's an outer shadow work. And the shadow work on the planet is major. It's very devastating. But ignoring it doesn't do anything because it's not a belief system. These things are true. These things are happening. So. Absolutely. 
ignore. And it's, we are controlled by our shadow, basically. Like if, if you're not looking into it, it's controlling you. So let's, let's look there. Let's get there because that's the only way we can ascend is to like literally turn on the lights in all of our own dark corners. This is about ourselves. This is about the work we do within ourselves to make it happen on the outer levels, you know, in the outer world. If we want change in the outer world, we have to change ourselves. We have to turn on all the lights in all of our dark basements and we have to go there. And that's the work that we're called to do right now. And, um, okay. So anything else that you want to say, because I know we're running out of time before we wrap up around, um, around how this relates to the divine feminine, the dark mother, anything around this that you feel like needs to be said? Gosh, I think we just covered so much. Um, well, uh, yeah, just don't be afraid of your wounds. I mean, this is a time of transparency, not a time to hide behind a facade. I think a lot of people feel like they're deprogramming, but they might step into a whole new set of challenges, which is maybe a new age deception of having to just look like, or not look like, but um, just feel you know, a sense of enlightenment, or you should be way more ahead than where you are, or you should be able to see things and be visited. And, and just this self-esteem connected to our spirituality. I think we need to really be careful of some of those traps and just really honor where you are right here, right now, no matter, you know, what it is you're going through. The most enlightened thing I think we can do is, um, accept every bit of who we are and we don't have to strive for anything more right now. And, um, so transparency and, uh, dropping the facades, I think is a much greater form of leadership that we can do amongst friends uh, in our communities, um, in our families, and just be real. Um, I, I think we all have a desire also when we're awakened to certain things that we want to wake everybody else up. And I think uh, we can plant seeds, but but it's important just to keep the vibration high as best as we can and be you know very gentle and patient, knowing that the seeds you plant are going to go a lot further than we realize, um, even if they don't show, uh, any, um, movement or, 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 or growth in that, in that moment, it could be a year, but, but at least you're doing something and just keep, you know, moving forward and, and, um, don't be afraid to be the fullness of all that you are. And anybody who doesn't like it, they're the one that needs to do some work on themselves (laughs) and around to that, you know, it'll come around to them realizing that hopefully at some point. Yeah. And it's not about, you know, needing to judge them to make yourself feel better, but, but just don't ever give up on the importance of, um, just being you, because I know, and, and I know Jen is the same way. There's many of us out there, how we feel about ourselves and each other as well, that, um, what's genuine is, is the most beautiful thing that we could and gift that we can give ourselves. Because if we look throughout history, what is social engineering being taught to be somebody other than ourselves? And so that's one of the huge beginnings and place to start when we want to bust down these programs. Don't be afraid to say you're struggling and that you need help either. And there's a lot of good assistance out there that will not exploit you and take advantage. And just have discernment, just have discernment. Don't be played. Your, your inner voice will protect you and, and give it a lot more, um, attention resonance move towards what resonates do not move towards what doesn't resonate and don't feel bad about it exactly no matter how much it tries to make you think that you should you know this is a time of really um trusting ourselves honoring ourselves knowing where we need boundaries and following our hearts and inspiration and and that's that's the best place to start i would say for anybody who's just really starting to wrap their head around this whole ascension thing I completely agree. I completely agree. And for all, um, for everybody out there of either gender, male or female, maybe another thing that we could think about just in, as it pertains to this episode's 
title, just about um, really balancing the male and female forces within you. You know, that's another thing that we can all do to help that be manifest in, in the outer world as well. So, um, you know, I know men are often like, are, are often, I don't want to say beaten, but they're, you know, they're beaten out of their emotional bodies because they're told, don't cry, boys, don't cry, like stuff like that. So for men to kind of synthesize that part of themselves and go deeper into their emotional heart spaces and all of that and to synthesize that and for for females also to get down to the shadow to like really be authentic in yourself instead of all the false perfection that we're programmed with that we have to be this false perfection thing or like men are not going to find us sexually attractive and if men don't find us sexually attractive then we may as well die <laughs> we need to deprogram uh, that within ourselves and be authentic and be authentically in our power. So awesome. Totally. And also, you know, if there's, if you're struggling with your sexuality, regardless of what sex you are, this is not about, um, what you should do with your, you know, what orientation you should have, you know, love is love, you know, accept yourself for what you're attracted to and what makes your heart sing. I think the most important thing though, we, we should all strive for is, you know, total integrity and being decent people to one another and, um, and that's the most important thing. The rest of it, there's deeper reasons behind it and everybody's different. So, but the most important thing is that we have integrity. We seek that balance within, but whatever, um, tends to draw us to something in the outer world, if it's really your truth, by all means, go for it. But, but always check yourself to make sure that you're not operating under a program because on both sides, regardless of your sexual orientation, there's programs for straight people. There's programs for neutral, you know, what I, you know what I mean? So, um, it, it's worth the time to, even if you have to take off time of work to really give yourself the adequate time and space that you need to get to know yourself fully. And whatever we, we, we're, we've been taught about survival energy, or it's a huge risk to take time off or leave the job that you don't want, you know, just know that when you step into your mission, there's a magic that comes in that, provide synchronicities that will provide for you and take care of you here, here. Wow. So, so much amazing information, Laura, that, you know, I just, there's so much even more to dive into. And maybe we'll have to have you on for another episode about like, you know, stargates or exopolitics or something else. That's like super exciting as well. But I think that we, we did good, um, to get people, acclimated into this return of the divine feminine and of the balance that that's happening, the rise of the, the mother goddess, the earth itself, which is now inhabiting that energy again. And, um, just really happy to have you on and to, to pick your brain and to have this conversation with you. I just wish we could have like conversations like this every single day because it lights me up to talk to you. Oh, I know. I feel the same way. And I, everything that you shared just really, I, I mean, I just feel the same way. It's completely mutual. And I, I mean, I'm just so grateful that we have just a strong friendship that we get to enjoy. And we'll totally do something like this again. And, and I have a show I'd love to bring you on and, and there's much more to come. So thanks everybody for listening. And thank you, Jenna, for having me on. Thank you so much for being with us today. I know that our listeners are going to want to find you to know what, what you're up to and know what you're about and maybe talk to you personally. Can you tell people where they can find you, what you're up to and how they can connect with you if they want more? Yes. Um, well, you can find me on Facebook uh, under Laura Eisenhower. My website's cosmicgaia.org. So that's cosmicgaia.org. You'll see events that I have coming up. There's a Disclosure Fest June 22nd in LA. Um, lots of great musicians like Nako, Medicine for the People, great speakers. So just check that out. Um, and then I have a podcast and a call-in show. So if you want some personal information about your astro chart 
or to connect with me um, on an initial call and, and, and look at some of my videos, you can sign up for my podcast on my website. And so everything's there, cosmicgaia.org. Amazing. Thank you. I will be, I want definitely going to be tuning into your podcast. So I'm going to be, my eyes are going to be open for that. Thank you so much, Laura. And do you still do sessions with people or not so much anymore? I'm mostly doing just the subscriptions and just sort of short kind of readings based on whatever, you know, you know, I'll do a show. People can ask questions outside of the context of the show about their chart, but it's mostly going to be in that container now. Perfect. Sounds good. Everybody needs to check that out. So, and for our listeners, I have an invitation for you guys today. So, um, it's, you know, in lieu or after everything you've heard today from me and Laura, I just want to invite you to take inventory of yourself, try to figure out any places where you're out of balance or your male or female energies feel out of balance and to really go into those triggers, go into those places and see if you can balance it out a little bit. So we'll have that be our invitation for today. Thank you so much for joining us today, guys having you with us it makes it all worthwhile. If you love this show, you want to spread the word, please subscribe on iTunes, leave us a five-star review, share this episode, and we are with you in spirit and we are on this journey together. So thank you guys so much and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, Laura. Bye, Jenna. 